Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. I read a Twitter thread this week posted by Dr. Aisha Ahmad, a professor at the University of Toronto. It's a long thread, but I want to share an excerpt. The six-month mark in any sustained crisis is always difficult. We have all adjusted to this new normal, but might now feel that we're running out of steam. How can we keep going? In my experience, this is a very normal time to struggle or slump. I always hit a wall six months into a tough assignment in a disaster zone. The desire to get away or make it stop is intense. I've done this many times, and at six months, it's like clockwork. This time, our crisis is global, and there is nowhere to run. That's okay. I've had to power through that six-month hump before, and there is life on the other side. I shared this Twitter thread with a few friends, all of whom named that it deeply resonated. I think many of us are operating on fumes. Between the pandemic and the upcoming elections and the fires ravaging our coast and the schools are still closed and, and, and. It's just so much. And knowing that the clocks will change soon and we are entering darker months, knowing that political discourse will be heightened over the next two months and the pandemic's end is nowhere in sight, How do we use this holiday season to replenish our resiliency reserves for the reality in front of us? Luckily, we have an incredible role model to look to as we navigate these challenges. Moshe Rabbeinu is truly the model of resilience. Over the course of 40 years, we know that there were times he wanted to give up. Nothing was ever good enough. There was complaining. There was open rebellion. On several occasions, the people he had empowered rose up against him and tried to appoint a new leader to get them back to Egypt. Even his own family spoke spoke poorly about him and his wife behind his back. And as we read today, we see what I think is the ultimate model of resilience. Moses has devoted his life leading the people to Israel, a land in which he knew he would never get to step foot. He's about to die without being able to enter the land. And instead of curling up in a ball to cry or telling everyone to leave him alone, which would be perfectly reasonable and understandable human emotions, Moses stands in front of the people and offers them a final charge, a beautiful charge. So what can we learn from him? How did he keep going on? I'd like to offer that there are three tactics upon which Moshe relies that I think we can each take on as we think about our own resilience. First, Moses relies heavily on others. In one of my favorite passages in the Torah, Yitro sees how Moses is spending all of his days serving the people. The burden of leading the nation lies solely on Moses' shoulders, and Yitro bluntly criticizes his son-in-law by sharing, you will surely wear yourself out and these people as well. The task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. In this passage, Yitro teaches Moses that the best thing a leader can do is to share the burden. We can see that throughout his leadership, he relies on others during the most difficult times. He relies on Aaron to speak to him for Pharaoh, Speak for him to Pharaoh. He relies on Aaron and Miriam as his friends and his allies. He relies on Aaron and Hur to hold up his arms while Joshua fights the Amaleks. We can see in each of these stories that one way Moses gains strength in order to keep going, to persist when things are difficult, is by relying on others and creating a support system to help carry the burden. In fact, there is significant research that supports the idea that we need social support to build resilience. The American Psychological Association wrote in its resilience report, many studies show that the primary factor in resilience is having caring and supportive relationships within and outside the family. Relationships that create love and trust, 
provide role models and offer encouragement and reassurance help bolster a person's resilience. And resiliency researcher Elliot Friedman shared having friends you can talk to and share your concerns with, maybe having them help you get a perspective on things, that's where social ties can be useful. And I think we see this research playing out in Judaism and the practices around sitting Shiva. We know that mourners should be surrounded by people to help carry them through the most challenging times. So as we navigate these trying times, as we consider ways to build up our resiliency reserves, consider how you prioritize your relationships with others. Can you set a time each week for a call with a friend? I know some families have created a time each week to Zoom and anyone who's available comes and joins during that block. If just the idea of reaching out to someone feels overwhelming, focus on making one call or sending one text. Moshe is teaching us that it would be unrealistic to expect ourselves to manage these challenges alone, and finding someone who you can talk to, commiserate with, laugh with is a crucial aspect of being resilient. And I will share as a person who tends to land on the side of isolated introvert, every time I use my energy to connect with a friend as tired as I might have been beforehand, I always end up more energized afterwards. Learn from Moses. During these times, rely on others. Second, we need to look at Moses' relationship with God. On a very literal level, we can see that Moses and God have a very intimate friendship, that Moses speaks to God regularly and uses his faith in God to keep going in difficult moments. And again, there is research to indicate that spirituality and faith help build resilience. Myrna Weissman, a professor at Columbia University's School of Public Health, found that 16-year-olds who struggled with depression and arrived into a strong spirituality had a greater likelihood of a lifetime of resilience. A study on African-American survivors after Hurricane Katrina demonstrated the importance of spirituality and religion in their recovery process. And I have shared in this space how I've shared in this space before how my relationship with God helped me through the challenges of my first year of teaching. I used each of the six psalms in the Kabbalat Shabbat service leading up to Lachadodi to reflect on my day, my week, my students, my habits. I thought about how on Monday I hadn't been so patient with Jose, and on Tuesday I hadn't really explained the answer well enough to Maria. My conversation with God on each of those Friday nights was a chance for me to reflect on the challenges of teaching and to build up resolve and commitment for the week to come. And I do believe I navigated that difficult period successfully because of the ways God walked with me in that year. Through prayer and through our relationship with God, we can develop our resiliency reserves. However, this idea of becoming closer to God, using God to feel resilient, may or may not be one that feels meaningful or relevant to you. And so I also want to point out the nature of Moshe and God's relationship. With God, Moses is truly vulnerable. In Shemot, we learn that the Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face as one speaks to a friend. I love this face metaphor because while we don't generally think of God as having a physical face, we know that faces and body language convey 95% of what we're trying to say. To speak face-to-face means that Moshe let God see his face. He showed his vulnerabilities, and he was his true self. In a world in which so much of our lives is curated through social media— Finding a space in which we can show our true selves is absolutely necessary. We cannot feel resilient unless we voice the fears and the concerns, unless we share our vulnerabilities and sit in our discomfort. Otherwise, we are just using up too much energy pretending to be something we're not. So whether it's through a direct relationship with God and prayer, whether it's through a relationship that allows you to express your vulnerability, or perhaps like Moses, you share your vulnerabilities with God through prayer, We can learn from Moses about building our reservoir of resilience.
And finally, the third lesson I believe we can learn from Moses is around meaning and purpose. We can see throughout the Torah that Moshe stays focused on his goals, first getting the Israelites out of Egypt and then getting them to the promised land. When people kvetch, when they rebel, when all hope seems lost, he really stays focused on his mission and on his purpose for the people and in his leadership. In his book, Find the Helpers, Fred Gutenberg writes about his recovery after the death of his daughter, Jamie, and his brother, Michael. He shares how when he didn't know how to emerge from his grief and how to keep going, he focused on finding a mission and a purpose. And this isn't just a good idea. In her book, Teaching for Purpose, Preparing Students for a Life of Meaning, Heather Malin refers to several studies showing that people with a greater sense of purpose showed better emotional recovery following a negative experience. In my own experience, I know that teaching in kindergarten every day helped me continue on in the days after 9-11. I had a mission to educate my students. I had a reason to get up every day. And these sentiments are echoed in Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, when he writes, life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. So during this time, when sometimes getting through a day is all we can ask of ourselves, having a mission and purpose can help us feel resilient You can find purpose through service, writing letters for social causes about which you are passionate, making phone calls to get out the vote, raising money for those who lost their homes in the fires, sewing masks, virtually tutoring children who are falling behind because of distance learning. You can find purpose in making meaningful connections. In an article in Greater Good magazine, Ankel Dar writes about joining My Stories, My People, which connects people of different generations to tell each other their stories. Dar has connected with Sam, an African-American veteran in his 70s, originally from Louisiana. Our life experiences couldn't be more different. I'm in my late 30s, the daughter of Indian immigrants and grew up in Michigan. But our conversations have become a bright spot in my weeks and I have a strong feeling our friendship will move from virtual to in-person once physical distancing requirements ease. Or find a purpose through connecting people in the community. Like Ronit Edry, a mom at Pressman who started a Facebook group to help local kosher restaurants and caterers manage through the pandemic. Sometimes we become so overwhelmed with our own lives and our own realities, but having a sense of purpose can actually put that overwhelm in check. And here is when I confess. I chose the topic of this drosh both because I hoped that it would feel relevant to many of you, but also because I wanted to figure this out for myself. These days that feel so challenging, on the days that I want to give up, on the days that I'm not sure my fumes are going to keep me going, from where do we draw strength? And Moshe, always our Rabbeinu, always our teacher, shows that by relying on our networks, deepening our authentic relationships, showing our vulnerabilities with God and with others, and focusing on our purpose can help us to not only weather this storm, but to come out on the other side stronger because of it. Dr. Aisha Ahmad ends her Twitter thread with the following. I assure you that it will soon break and you will hit a new stride. But today, roll with it. Clear away less challenging projects, read a novel, download that meditation app, take heart. We have navigated a harrowing global disaster for six months with resourcefulness and courage. We have already found new ways to live, love, and be happy under these rough conditions. A miracle and a marvel. This is hard proof that we have what it takes to keep going. Shabbat Shalom. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site. 
or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.